Hello, welcome to our midweek study. This is why we have the Psalms. Here we are all the way in part 19, and we've skipped around because that's how we do things. Each week, I'll spend some time considering various Psalms, and usually there'll be one that will come out, and that's perfectly okay not to go from 1 to 150 in our study because life doesn't follow a sequential order, and neither does our need for a particular psalm. Uh, it doesn't need to go in a particular order because life is random in some sense as well. And so this is why we have the psalms. So many truths in God's Word come to us from the psalms, and it speaks to every area of our life. Uh, the psalms express the highs of whenever we feel very close to God and life is going great. And the Psalms also speak to those times where we feel very far. And within the pages of the Psalms, we find that all of that is wrapped up in the experience of a person who's seeking after God. So want to welcome everyone who is coming online through Facebook Live this evening as I'm teaching. And also want to welcome everyone who's listening to this on podcast as you drive to work or drive home from work, or maybe you're at the gym. It's always a great thing to um, have some truth in your day. So hello to Bill, who's one of the early uh, people who hopped on there. Always good to see you from Indiana. I presume you're still there. And uh, if you are joining us on Facebook, leave a comment and feel free to comment as we go. But we're going to jump right in tonight to Psalm 62. If you want to pull that up, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. And okay, seeing a couple more, the Irvines are here. And there's Gary and Liz. Welcome to the Munn family. And let's see, there's Christine as well. So hello, Christine. Good to see you. I'm sure that others are... Uh, logging on for tonight's session. We just had a great meal at the Brown House, uh, which consisted of tacos, guacamole, some Spanish rice, some refried beans, and it was so delicious. Well, I want to pray for us tonight, and uh, then I'm going to read the psalm, and then we'll consider it. Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to gather together even... um, not together in a room tonight, though we would desire to to be together um, in person. These are interesting times. And so while we don't have what we prefer, uh, we have what you've allowed us during this season. And I just ask that your anointing will be on uh, every word that is spoken tonight, that you will open the ears of hearers and you will um, not... Not let us be like those people who uh, can hear the words, but don't heed the words and don't listen to the words. I pray that the words that are spoken tonight from your word would be the words that would transform lives. And um, I also just pray for uh, our leaders um, in this country. I just pray that you'll give them wisdom uh, as we walk through these treacherous times that we're in. Give pastors wisdom give medical profession leaders wisdom, give teachers wisdom, and as our children um, 
whether the ones that are in our home or just the children in our area, so many going back into brick-and-mortar schools, we just pray for your hedge of protection around them. And also, uh, we pray for those who are going to be learning from home uh, in innovative ways as well, that you will just guard the hearts and the minds of this next generation and all those who are going to be pouring into them. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Psalm 62, my soul waits for God alone, Uh, a psalm of David. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? The only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They only plan that. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. I don't know how much further we'll make it beyond the first verse from tonight, um, and before I dive into that first verse, hello to so many. Hey, Dan Nowers, good to see you. Uh, Dan, text me in 30 minutes. I need to ask you something. Uh, hey, Josh. Josh, text me tomorrow. I don't need to ask you anything, but it'd be good to say hello. <laughs> Michelle, hello. Hello uh, to Mary and to the McSwains who had chicken taco bowls. Ooh, tango hombre, and I just ate. Well, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. I was thinking about David and how wild his life was and how the David Psalms come to us from the just the... The tapestry is too soft of a word of his experience. I mean, David, think of the highs and think of the lows. Think of David of Psalm 23 and think of David just pouring his soul out. I think in Psalm maybe 51 where he's committed adultery. Think of David who really feels at home in the house of God and think of David hiding in a cave from Saul. David, is his life is not much unlike the life of Joseph. Think about Joseph and how 
he has these dreams that he's going to be just a star. And then what happens? He's clocked over the head by his brothers and thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, ends up in prison with a rape charge. And at the end of all of that, what happens is God raises him up in a way that his own ego could actually handle because he had suffered so much. And then God used him mightily to redeem the children of Israel. And I think David's not much unlike that in so many ways. Think of of how much David suffered over the years. You know, when he writes things like this, I just, I have to imagine, we don't know exactly um, exactly why David wrote this psalm in particular. But we know according to verse 3, how long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? These people that are out to get David, I mean, they're, they're coming, they're packing. They're, they're a bunch of, uh, of, of wild men chasing David. How long are you going to push on me to knock me over like a tottering fence? But what does David do? David, David knows that his strength is actually to retreat into the stronghold of God's presence. So why do we have verse 1? Why does David's soul wait? Why does David's soul wait for God alone? For God alone, my soul waits. For God alone, my soul waits. For God alone. Why does David's soul wait for God alone? Well, David's on the run. David has some people after him. And David knows that his only hope is God alone. Think of all of David's victories, and yet David knows that his only hope is that his soul, the deepest part of who he is, waits for God alone. Why does he do it? Because he's realized through all of his suffering that his only hope, his greatest resource, the nourishment for his soul is to trust God in God alone. And how does he do it? How does his soul trust in God alone? It says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. In silence does David's soul wait for God alone. My mind goes to Christ who was before the the ruling authority of his day and accused of so many things and yet he remained silent. It's not that there's not a time to speak truth, and that there's not a time to speak truth to power, but there's also a time where your soul has to wait in silence. In a very wordy world, does your soul wait in silence? In a very noisy world, in a world that is up in arms about everything, and there's a time to speak and a time to speak loud, and there's also the summons of David to let your soul wait in silence. And it's from your soul waiting in silence that the proper words will actually come forth. I hear a lot of people with a lot of intellect with a lot of big words, with a lot of just angst. And yet, the wise words, even words that are very pointed, the wise words come from a place of silence. Your soul is like a steam bath, the desert fathers teach us, from the 4th century and on. 
Your soul is like a steam bath. And the, the opening of that steam bath is actually your mouth. And the more words that you use, the more steam that is let out of the soul. And so it's like your soul heats up in love and devotion to God. And we want the words that come out to be words that emerge from silence. Because unless the words emerge from silence, they won't be worth hearing. And so that's an invitation. Why does he wait for God alone? Because God alone is the one who is, how does he say it? Is my rock and my fortress. He knows, even though they're pushing on him like a fence that could fall over at any minute. He knows that even though, how does it say it? You attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall. Even though you're pushing and hammering, David knows that actually he's going to retreat to the rock, which is solid, and his salvation is God alone, which is a fortress for him. God is his fortress. He retreats into God alone. I want to talk for just a moment um, because this keeps coming up for me in my reading. It, it just keeps coming into my heart that, that actually silence is the place where we move beyond our words into our desire for God. Desire is actually a very eloquent language when it comes to God. It, I don't think it's, it, it might not be too much to say that desire is actually God's love language. That God is seeking, what does it say somewhere? Um, maybe it's in Chronicles. I forget, since times of old, the eyes of the Lord have roamed about the earth, seeking a heart that's after him. Think about even David. This is a man after my own heart. David's yearning for the Lord. My, my soul pants for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. As the deer panteth for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. Desire is the language through which we communicate with God. And God sees behind the words into the heart. And that's why desire is so important. And that's why you can actually come to God in prayer and sit in silence with God, and desire God from your heart, from the deepest place of who you are, to sit and just let your desire and your love be poured out on God, and you don't even have to say a word. Because before a word is ever formed on your tongue, God already knows it anyhow, right? And where do the words come from? They come from your heart. And so what we're saying is God created us a clean heart. Give us clean desire. Give us Give us this naked intent toward you. There's a phrase, isn't it? Give us this naked intent. When you strip away all of the pomp and all of the circumstance and you pull everything behind, the language of God, I think, can just be desire from the heart. What's the most naked intent of who you are? The, most, the, the naked intent, the deepest desire, the purest desire. Soren Kierkegaard said, purity of heart is to will one thing, just to desire God, to hear his word and to do it, to do it, to hear his word and to do his will. This is the call. Hear his word, do his will. Well, how do we even desire to do God's will? Well, we say God created us a clean heart. 
So let's uh, let's keep going for for just a moment. I just made a note here: a single word like love or Jesus in prayer with God can be a feast for your soul. Let's look at one um, B. It says one B. Don't you love that? <laughs> 1A, for God alone my soul waits in silence. 1B, from him comes my salvation. I just made a note, when we have so many words, we might miss a simple longing for God. And in the same way, when we have so many options for salvation, for getting our, our, ourself out of, a, out of a pickle, as it were, when we have so many options for salvation, we might not rely on God. And then just a final thought here. You know, they they come at David like he's like he's a leaning wall or a tottering fence. But David actually says, I, I will not be shaken. I, I will not be shaken. I won't be shaken. Why will I not be shaken? Because I'm actually running to God. In verse 9, it says, Those of lowest state are but a breath. Those of highest state are a delusion. And the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. David just cuts right to the heart of it. Wherever you are, you you feel low, (laughs) you feel high. it's, it's It's all a vapor. It's all a vapor. The only thing that remains is God. The only thing that transcends space and time is our relationship with God. So I want to just pause for a moment and let's see let's see what some of the friends are saying. Well, there's still some early comments hearkening back to my tacos and guac. It seems that the Irvine household is having pounders, of course. That sounds about right and amazing to me. Let's see what Christine says. David trusts and waits on the Lord. He doesn't plot revenge or like Joseph, who when he came into power didn't use it to get revenge. They waited in silence, trusting and knowing God saw them as he does. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and think about the, the Joseph thing. Um, Joseph, Joseph uh, saving the brothers and, and his father from, uh, from famine and from Israel. Maybe, maybe, maybe um, you know, he, he certainly revealed himself to them and said, here I am, you know, so, uh, and I'm sure it was a shocker for them. Let's see, unless the words emerge from silence, they won't be worth hearing. And we go on down here. Our quiet time, uh, Michelle says, is so important. Be still and know that I am God. And Diane says, when we have so many options for salvation, we may not rely on God. This explains so much in our world. We've been so self-sufficient. We haven't needed God. Well, we do now. We do now. You know, and that's that's the that's the wild thing about suffering is it just shakes everything that can be shaken, and it gets you right back to the core, it gets you to to the most naked place in your own soul, clears out the clutter. Turns up the heat, however you want to say it. You know, um, I, as as much as I love doing this, and I'm grateful we get we get to do this. I, I miss being together with y'all, and I, I want you to know that I'm I miss hearing people 
in the room. I miss hearing the, seeing the aha moments to where you get something from the Lord and then you speak that back and you're able to bring your own voice um, to the table. And I, I hope we're able to gather together again really soon. I keep seeing it over and over again in the Psalms as I've taught it now these, what, 19 sessions that uh, they yearn for the house of God. And uh, while, you know, while I believe that you can be a Christian anywhere, I think that I think there's something special about God's people gathering together in space and in time. And um, wherever we are on that journey toward being back together again, and uh, I just pray God will meet you right where you are and that you'll just remain faithful. Just keep seeking the Lord and keep seeking fellowship, whatever that's going to look like in the time being. Keep seeking fellowship with other believers and uh, know God, live connected, and make a difference. Speaking of making a difference, if you didn't see the Facebook post, scroll back through our post from earlier today. We have supper on Saturday that's happening this weekend, a very practical way to serve uh, people here in uh, the Okaloosa County area. And so all of the details uh, are available on that Facebook post. And uh, we hope that you'll join the Keicher family and their leadership as we uh, deliver uh, meals to those uh, who need it. So uh, make sure that you check that out. My friends, it's been good to gather with you tonight. And uh, I hope that those who are listening by podcast as well have been encouraged to seek God above all else and to spend some time beyond the words and uh, in silence before the Lord. And from your silence, may the words of your heart and the meditations, uh, words of your mouth and meditations of your heart be pleasing uh, before the Lord. Amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you soon.